For so many modern driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present to our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies and then a successful coaching and online course business. But for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. We're here to share an insider's peek into the strategies and mental resilience it takes to create and run six and seven figure online businesses. As women entrepreneurs, only 2% of us will ever earn a million dollars. We've done it ourselves and we're on a mission to help you reach financial independence by chronicling our journey and sharing our proven playbook. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow a business and build a life that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the new podcasts that drop every single Tuesday. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the And She Spoke podcast. Hi, Sandy. Hey, Jenny. Hey, so in this episode, we are going to talk about how to process the fact that sometimes your clients or your audience is disappointed in you or is expressing some kind of negativity towards either what you're doing when you show up visibly on social or what you're doing with your programs, products, and services. Why are we talking about this right now, Jenny? (laughs) Well, you know... We had a tumultuous week. Every time we as tech co-founders release new features, we always kind of steal ourselves because we experience negative feedback. And it's like always the vast minority of our clients that express anger or frustration. But it's just something that we've had to get thick skin about over the years because it's, I think it's part of running the kind of business that we run. And I know that other people also hear negative feedback or criticism with their offerings. And I think it would be helpful to kind of talk through how we handle it. We're certainly not perfect. And then also kind of some strategies for how to to deal with that when it comes up. Because it's really a matter of time. If you're growing a business, it's really a matter of time before you start to get this kind of negative feedback. Even if you have a really small offering, like say you have a mastermind or something with a small group of people that in your you know, you don't get negativity from those people, you're still going to get negativity from people who say you're charging too much or your program is too exclusive or whatever. Like every kind of offering, once your audience is big enough and you're showing up and launching often, you're going to get it. The opinions come out. The opinions come out. Oh man, they come out. So (laughs) they are there. And and it's interesting because I would never, I'm not the kind of person that would show up in someone's inbox or and demand them on social and demand anything ever. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to me that there's just kind of this layer of person Mm -hmm. who does that. And Mm -hmm. so that's no judgment, although that's hard. (laughs) I think that we just kind of want to talk about it because, you know, I don't think over the years we've like been the kind of people that kind of show the highlight reel. I hope we haven't been, but I think in this season that we're going into with this 
kind of new iteration of our podcast, we really want to be honest about the struggles. And obviously, that was really apparent in our first episode back after six months. And I think we just want to continue to have really honest conversations about what we're working through. It doesn't matter how successful you get, like you're still going to be battling demons. Yeah. I think the previous version of the podcast was very guarded, right? And I do think it is like peeling, opening the curtains and kind of exposing some of the more difficult, negative, challenging times. And I think those conversations are equally important as the how-to and the, the celebration. So let's do it. Yeah. And I'll just say this because I don't want to forget. So my last career, this is kind of what pushed me out of my career. And so was negative feedback or me interacting with or having to confront the negative judgment of others. And so I just want to put that out there that this is really hard for me. It's still Mm -hmm. really hard for me. It made me leave a body of work and kind of a life's work that I loved and felt extremely devoted to since I was a small child. And I think now I would behave differently with that kind of interaction, but I received, you know, not like the vast majority, just like in this case now with our company, but the vast majority of the feedback I got about my climate justice work was very positive. You're such an inspiration. This work is so helpful. Can you come to XYZ place around the world and give a talk? Like inevitably there was someone heckling in an audience. Inevitably the judgment would come because, oh, I got on an airplane to go give a talk about something. And so how could I be such a hypocrite, right? All these things. Mm -hmm. And little white girl, how are you doing? Like, who do you think you are talking to people about climate justice? Like all of those things. It got to the point for me where I was so just terrified, to be honest. And I didn't know how to process that kind of information effectively. And it just kind of made me like backstep out of that career. And I don't think I realized that at the time, but that certainly happened. And so I just don't want that to happen Now, and it's not happening now, but I want to make sure that those of you who are listening to our show realize that this is kind of whenever you're doing something new in the world or something different or unusual, like you're going to get people judging you and sharing those judgments. So anyway, we're here to Mm -hmm. say it happens and it doesn't need to bring you down. Except for just like a few minutes and then you can come back up. That's yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So we have have a story. Process those things with. (laughs) That's right. And a martini. So we have a story that we wanted to share Mm -hmm. about this week. As you said, it was very tumultuous. And then we're going to jump into some sort of how we handled it and sort of some thoughts and tips on how you can handle it if and when it happens to you. Not if, when. Okay. Okay. Go. Well, so, I want you to start the story because I was kind of on the periphery, sort of like tailing behind as it was happening. So I think it should come from you. Well, the story is that we released a mar- mobile marvelous, which is something that has been in process for really almost three years. And so it is by far our most requested feature on the platform is to have some sort of mobile experience that's like specifically mobile. It's something that we have spent a lot of time and money and R&D investment in. And we knew releasing this version of Mobile Marvelous. Like we knew releasing anything mobile, any big feature, we always get blowback, always. Because 
it's not exactly implemented the way someone else would have wanted it to be. You know, we are trying to please like a huge group of people. So it's compromises, right? Because what's perfect for one person's situation or business is not perfect for another's and another person's situation or business. And so we're in the business of like trying to create a universal tool or system that applies to as many people as possible. So by definition, there are people who are unhappy. So we knew we knew it was going to happen. And what's actually really surprising to me is that like the blowback wasn't at all about the things that we expected. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was like this huge victory because there were certain things like that trade-offs technology-wise that we made in order to release the platform in the way that we did. And so I expected some pretty intense blowback based on those technology decisions. That didn't happen. None. Mm-hmm. nothing. And so that was like such an amazing gift. So I just want to say like that was a victory like no other. So that's awesome. That means like we did a good job balancing those needs and wants and desires and costs and timelines. Okay. So with that said, <laughs> here's what happened. We, our team released a tutorial, a small screenshot driven tutorial on how folks can install like the mobile icon on their phones. And in that tutorial, our dev team used our studio, Sandy, our and she studio, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, just, it was like not anything intentional. Our brand, like the and she branding was on there and it's our site. And we are the heaviest, we are such heavy users of our own platform, right? Like we have this great partnership between our two companies and we are super heavy users of the platform. Like we teach almost every day on our platform. We offer lots of courses. We offer memberships. We do one-on-one coaching. Like we use it kind of for all of the use cases in the tech world. That's called dog fooding it. So that's just part of our business model. Like that's how we make a lot of features that we need. And we're like kind of the perfect customer in a lot of ways. So anyway, our dev team, unbeknownst to like, there was no, I didn't even know they were doing this to be honest, but I wouldn't have had a problem with it. They were using our studio in the screenshots to show people how to download the mobile program. And like, I actually, when I saw that and noticed that they did that, when we released into beta, I thought, well, that's like really smart because we're not competitive to any of our customers. Most of our customers at this point in time are in the wellness industry. We're business coaches. And so in a way it was like, oh, this is great because no one's going to have hurt feelings or think they're being, you know, like, I don't know, swept under the rug and sabotaged in favor of another client studio. Like we're not showing one big yoga studio's you know, home screen and trying to draw clients to them. You know, like we don't care. We want everyone to be successful. So anyway, (laughs) the blowback came because of this. And we had many, not many, but like multiple, less than 10, Mm -hmm. less than 10 clients. So still not very many at all in the grand scheme of the people using our platform reach out and with some degree of frustration, varying degrees of frustration and accusation, kind of like hinting at or downright accusing us of being unethical in some way in marketing our business coaching to their students or their audience. So that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And so how did that feel, Sandy? Well, I first couldn't understand it 
Like, I'm like, what are they up? Like, I could not understand what they were upset about that our logo and, you know, a few sentences of our company for Anshi was displayed in a tutorial that their students would see. Yeah. I couldn't understand the problem. Like, we're not, do you teach business? No, online, but no, you don't. Like, I just, I really could understand it. And then when you explained it to me, I just felt deeply, like I was almost on the point of tears feeling like whatever we do, it's never enough. There's always something that they will find to complain about. And I feel like giving up. Like, I don't know what else we can do. We just released a free effing app for all of you. And you're upset about the screenshots in the tutorial. Like, I don't understand. Like, is there nothing else that you need to do in your business more important than like complaining to us about this free thing that we just gave you? So my reaction was, sadness, like to the edge of tears, sadness. Like, I don't know what I just, I, hands up. I don't, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Your reaction. Yeah. <laughs> My reaction was rage. Yeah. Full rage. On. Because I definitely have, first of all, I spend a lot more time in the product team mm-hmm. and I wrestle with all of this, like more than you do. So that's part of it is like deeply personal. It's also like, this has become in many ways, my life's work, right? And so for almost a decade, and I resent the shit out of it, to be honest, that people, it's never enough. And so I don't go to sadness. I go to kind of, who are you? Like, I want to see you do this to all of you. Like all of you that are criticizing right now, I want to see you try to do this. So that's my reaction. And I'm really like, this is what I said to you, Sandy. I'm like, hold my beer. Like, let's go, right? Like, I'm like, I'm ready I'm like ready to have the world's biggest argument on the internet. And so I have to like go and remove myself from the situation and calm down and not interact at all with these people because they're lovely people, I'm sure. And so, and I think that, you know, part of this is just people don't understand how the world works. Not that I understand everything, but until you've built something like what we've built, you have no freaking idea what's involved in doing it. (laughs) And so I just like, I just resent it. And like, I know we've talked about this kind of tension between humility and like leadership and getting what you want in life. But I feel like when people do not have any kind of space for humility or like before you send off an angry note to someone, I just would like, please like just have a second and think about like what might be happening that's not what you think is happening, like what other things could be happening or what other causes could have like led to this experience rather than accusing someone of bad will. Because I don't do that. Like I would never do that. And so I just don't relate to it and it makes me furious. So then I have to just like do the internal work, right? To like process this and try to put myself in their shoes and recognize that not everyone has the same experiences or has lived the same things or has the same kinds of education or whatever. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. (laughs) But that's it. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah. It was a couple of days for you, for sure. And and because there was one particular conversation that just, she just kept coming and coming and coming. Yeah. 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 Accusations. And the word you used was you felt like there was such contempt. Yeah. For us. Yeah. From her. Contempt. That's it. And that's like, so I don't know if you, Sandy, or any of our listeners have like read John Gottman's work, like him and his wife, Julie, are marriage therapists. And I went to a training early on in my marriage in Seattle with them. And they, 
they basically, they talk about like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. one of them is contempt. And I think that that goes like outside, it's like outside of relationships too. Like it goes in any context in life. When someone is expressing contempt, it basically like the relationship is dead in the water. So for me, if someone comes into our business and expresses contempt for either us or our team, in any way, like it's kind of the relationship is dead to me. And so that's like my natural reaction. Cause I think as human beings, like that's an unsafe place for everyone to be. And I also, I think you said this, Sandy, I have like a mama bear energy about our company and about our team. And so if our team, like our employees (laughs) are in any way being attacked, like the fire rises up. (laughs) Like I just sort of like come out like a I don't know, like the Loch Ness monster out of the lake, like blazing and furious and like breaching the surface because I feel this like deep sense of protection for the people that we bring into the context of the situation. You're all fired up about your business until you have to go and market it, talk about it, promote it. All of that feels so heavy, hard and completely overwhelming. Look, we know that your business will flourish when you become comfortable promoting your work. And for that reason, we created Visible, a monthly membership that helps women amplify their voice in a world that tries to keep them quiet. Build an audience around your body of work and not just your body. So forget everything you've been taught about marketing. Visible is your fastest route to building an audience that can turn into paying clients. And side bonus, you can ignore trend alerts on Instagram. Join Visible today at joinvisible.co. Yeah, I want to add a little bit more to the story. This one particular client, basically, I'm going to use the word threatened to come on one of our live public calls to discuss this situation. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, that was not like, that is not okay. Right. We heard you, we made the change and now Mm -hmm. you can back down, like just back down. And so it wasn't just like a single email, like, Oh, I'm not happy. It was like, Oh, like, you know, multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of the other people, like it was like one little note, like a small note. It still didn't feel good, but it was like, Hey, this doesn't seem cool. Like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't think of that. Like, we didn't even consider. No, no. Because we just, it doesn't even cross our minds that anyone's students on our platform are going to come and buy our business coaching. Like, it's not, it's like so irrelevant. (laughs) Like, it's just not for them, right? So like, that's, it's like this, it doesn't even cross our minds that someone would think that because I would be much more concerned if we were actually doing some sort of wellness practice where we were competitive, like then I would feel like, oh, we shouldn't market to your clients because we sell the same thing as you, but that's not the case. Or we could have chosen to do like one, a giant yoga studio that's on our platform. We could have used them as the example, right? But we didn't. So, but can I share my theory about this? Yes, Sandy, share your theory. (laughs) So once I stopped being sad, I was like, what is her problem. (laughs) Like what is like, what it was just so over the top, like what is going on here that would make her that angry, that mean. And the words that she used were that we were sneaky. We were sneaky about this. It was like, okay, so first of all, we absolutely just 
again, to reiterate, we did not purposely choose to use our company as an example in that tutorial. We thought it was a safe, you know, neutral thing to screenshot. So we didn't actually do that, but she thought we did. And I think my theory, untested, but this is my hypothesis, is that all of us are socialized in this Western society to believe that women should behave in a certain way. We should be the good girls. We should do things as expected. We shouldn't disappoint people. We need to take care of everybody. We need to make sure that everyone's needs are met, that everyone's fine and okay and doing well, and then we can take care of ourselves, right? I think we've you know, talked about this point at nauseum. But it also comes into business. And I think that we are a business-to-business company, right? female to mostly female on our platform. And so when someone sees us doing something that is for our own... Now, again, we didn't purposely do this, but in her eyes, she saw us promoting our business to her audience. She saw us like sneaking in there and getting some screenshots for some free advertising. It was us doing something for us. And I think that that's like this internalized, but like that is bad behavior. For women. And again, these sentences don't run through their minds, I'm pretty sure. But I think this is the internalized part that like, they're behaving in a way that is not acceptable to me. I expect as other women that they should behave this, they should put my company first and think about the screenshots and think, is this going to, you know, sabotage my business in any way? And I also wonder in a parallel universe, if we could have a male run marvelous company that the same situation happened and they did put their company on purpose in front of others, nobody would say anything because it's expected. (laughs) The men who market, the men who are online, the men who are, you know, of course, like that's what they do. They promote themselves without hesitation, but women don't. And the moment that we do, we're called out for it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I think that what is so troubling for me is that there's nothing wrong with that. Like if we had decided to do it, like there wouldn't have been anything Uh, wrong with it. And so the fact that we didn't try and even if we did try, it doesn't even matter. Like what, and it's not just one person. I think that's the other thing. It wasn't just one person. It wasn't like, oh, this is an outlier. I mean, there's, it's still an outlier, like, in terms of general probability and like the number of clients that we have. But it wasn't one person. It was multiple people who had the same reaction, all women, all women clients who were like, wow, Jenny and Sandy are kind of taking, you know, some like leeway here to put themselves out in front of our people or like, you know, what the hell is wrong with us featuring ourselves as the tutorial? We have built this company from the ground up. Like we've invested millions of dollars to make this thing. We go so far above and beyond to serve people. And our, we have an amazing team that is like, like the most humane, soulful software company. <laughs> like it's just, we really believe in service. We really believe in and being a true resource for people, particularly women starting businesses and growing businesses online, right? So we, like, we stand by that. But at the same time, if we can't put our faces on the thing that we're making within a tutorial of how to use it, like what is that saying? What does that say about our culture? What does that say about the wellness industry? What does that say about our audience? Like what, like this is to me a huge problem. 
our CTO was going to write an apology. And I was like, do not effing write an apology. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. Right. And that's like part of me, this sort of sinister part of me is like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Thank you so much. Like, that's great. We should put ourselves in front of your clients more. No, like, I mean, there is nothing it's, it's, wrong with us promoting our business. Yeah. In the we health docs, business. like of our, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I no. think we don't advertise, like just to be clear to everyone listening, we do not advertise in any way. We do not send emails other than the transactional emails that are created within the platform for event reminders. Like we do literally nothing to market to our customers' customers. Like nothing. That's part of our ethos. And so it's just interesting to me that in this little tiny context where like inadvertently our names and our brands show up in a part of a screenshot of something, that it causes that kind of uproar. And I think for me, it makes me want to do this work on the Anshi side a thousand times more, Sandy, because we're obviously here about like breaking these systems down. And that's what this company is about. Like our software company is about serving and we're going to continue to do that. And we like within an hour of that being released, of, of Mobile Marvelous being released, like within that same morning, those screenshots were taken out. And so our team responded instantly to it. But then there's some caching that goes on. And so I think that there was this like sense that we hadn't done anything about it. Anyway, the whole thing is really wild and it's been, you know, not like this is just a normal week for us in our business. Like this just stuff happens all the time. And I know we have some clients, particularly in Inner Circle, who are like, we allude to these things sometimes on calls when we're coaching, like, oh, this is part of it. And I think people are curious about what that means. And so like, I think we also just want to kind of peel back the onion a little and show like, this is the kind of stuff we mean. Like we get this kind of feedback constantly, not this exact thing, but like just constantly. And yeah, it's just... Or or Jenny, what always gets me is the demanding. Like, okay, this mobile is great, except can you please add this button for me on the bottom? I need this button. And it's not... The wording is very like, I'm just wondering, I'll make a suggestion. It's like, can you do this? I'm like, no, actually we can't. This is for everyone. It's not for you. They don't all have, you know, like that. Like I don't write to Nathan Berry from ConvertKit and say, hey, I really need this to be moved. I don't like where this button is. Can you please move it, Nathan? Like that's- I need you to add it, my font into your font library. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I, but yeah. there's also a perception that I think that this stuff is really easy. It's a quick fix. Or I love the ones that are like, yeah, my boyfriend is a software developer and he said this should be really easy for you. So can you just go and do this, this, this for me? Thanks so much. Like, oh, we get that a lot. My husband, my partner, my boyfriend is a developer and he said this is really simple. Like all the time. Like that's probably like a monthly cadence. At least one of those messages comes in. So that's also really interesting. Like we don't hear from the developer themselves. Like we don't hear from the women saying, oh, I'm an engineer. And like, have you guys thought about doing this? No, it's always like my like fill in the blank man in my life, my dad, my boyfriend, my husband said this should be really easy for you. And so anyway, the whole thing is nuts. Like I just, I think that there are so many things happening here. There's so much kind of internalized sexism, like so much internalized patriarchy going on. There's also just this big disconnect around technology and how technology should 
be able to do whatever you want whenever you want without you having to contribute anything to that. Like, I think that's another thing. I think that a lot of the way the tech industry has been built over the last 10 or 15 years is that like we're relying on things to be free. Like the, a lot of the tools we spend our time in all day, every day are like seemingly free to us. And I know, Sandy, we've talked about this a bazillion times and we will continue to talk about it. Your Google search is not free. It's not free. The price is your data. <laughs> the price is your identity on the internet, right? Like your Facebook account is not free. None of it is free. It's all being like the money that the like many billions of dollars that go into creating the tools that you use every day, it's not free. It's not. There's a cost. Like the emperor has no clothes. And so we don't run a business like that. Like it's a very transactional business. Like the money that comes into our company facilitates and funds the outcome, the product, the team, the resources, right? And so it's just a different relationship to tech than most people have, which is like, oh, well, this thing is like, this shouldn't cost me anything to have what I want. Or Google Calendar can do that. So why can't your calendar do that? (laughs) That's my favorite one. Oh my God. Let's like try to identify how many engineers and how much money has been spent developing and maintaining and improving Google Calendar. Like that's the kind of thing. Like has like I want someone to actually do that research and then ask, you know, a company like ours. So anyway, this is sounding a little bit like a complaint fest, but I really think that like there's some of this stuff that's relevant because we're tech founders. And some of this is relevant just in general to everyone in business where you know, you're just always going to get requests for accommodations. Like there's always going to be these sort of this like chatter, whether they're from your paying clients or from, you know, people who are in your audience or who come across your brand and your offerings. Like there's always going to be people who have some kind of point of view. And I think part of the lesson here as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO is to figure out like, what can I take from this that will serve me? you know, how can I respond to this in a responsible way? Maybe that doesn't, that means in some cases not responding, especially if it's on social media. And then what, yeah, like how can I use this to my advantage to better myself and to better my business? And in lots of cases, you know, the best thing you can do is just to like listen and then let it go. Mm -hmm. But I also think like, I think for me, the steps are always like, why are they, how did they come to that opinion, like what is like sort of from their side, right? Stepping to their shoes and seeing what's happened. And then I think a really important question is like, how are they right? Like, how yeah. are they actually right? Like, because sometimes the more anger that comes up, it's like, because you know that you also kind of agree with them. So like, how are they right? And then maybe how are they wrong? And right and wrong are very subjective. And then you always get to make a decision about that request. So we had somebody request a refund for something that they took that was us talking over whatever. And we didn't have our little pictures in the corner and they wanted a refund because it was very cold or something. They they wanted to see the person teaching. They wanted to see the person's face. Right. And I sat there and thought about it and like, yeah, I'm not willing to do that. Right. So it's my decision. And we lost a client because of that, but it's not like they get to, sometimes it feels like you're kind of bouncing around to like, people please everyone so that everyone's happy. And as an entrepreneur, you just got to like ground yourself and be like, got it, feedback taken. 
I agree with this. I don't agree with this. And here's what I'm willing to do. And here's what I'm not willing to do. And that decision is always based in your values. Like, what do you value? My time. I am not going to get all, I'm not going to do video for our teachings. Nope, not going to happen. Then it's totally fine. Right. And also the other part is like, when someone gives you negative feedback, like for you, Jenny, when you're just so angry, like, what are you making it mean? about you. And when you use the word, like, this is my life's work. So any criticism is like you, there's something wrong with you, Jenny. Clearly your life's work is terrible or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so absolutely. I think part of that, this is a separate conversation we should have about thinking about our business like a child, but like part of what allows me to show up this many years, day in and day out and work this hard and care this much is that I take it very seriously, right? That I want, like, that I have a great deal of energy put into designing and executing and making something that I believe in. It obviously is always trade-offs. Like, none of us have limitless resources, right? So there's always trade-offs and there's not perfection. But I really believe in it. And I think I have, because of my life and my past and my socialization, I don't jump. I actually don't jump to there's something wrong with me. I'm like much more critical of other people and judgmental. And I go naturally to, well, they don't know the same things that I know. They don't know as much as me. I don't want to say as much, but like the same thing, as much about the same things as me, right? If you were in my shoes and you had my life and my team and my budget and my resources and my agenda and like the fact that I'm trying to serve really through our platform, hundreds of thousands of people every day, like maybe you would think twice. And I think that like, again, it just for me goes back to, they just literally don't understand. And they're lacking in that moment in time, the humility to like self-reflect enough to think of like, oh, well, what if there's something about this situation that I don't understand? And I just, I find that like, I just have a personal problem when people behave that way. So For me, it's not like I'm judging myself and because it's my life's work, I'm a bad person. It's more just like, wow, like that's a lot of audacity to like think that you know more than you know about something or to think you understand something that you clearly don't. And I just, that's a trait that whenever it shows up in anyone in my life, I feel like very disappointed in them (laughs) for their lack of humility. You know, like that's my baggage that I bring to it or, or my framework for seeing the world. All right. All right. And it's okay. And so I think like, I just want our audience to know though, like you will get negative criticism about your business if you haven't already. Like as long as you stay in long enough, it will happen. And it will happen the more you grow, the more you will get it. Again, like we have this happen on a very regular basis. Not quite, nothing gets me, like this has gotten me more angry than like most of it. Like most of it I can kind of brush off. And a lot of it is, Sandy, you have that thing that you say That's like, if someone's criticizing me for blue hair Mm -hmm. and I don't have blue hair, like I don't care. So, right. Right. So when somebody tells us that we've ruined their marriage or whatever, ruined their life, like we get all the things like over the last decade, like I just, I'm like, ah, that doesn't mean anything to me because I can't, like, I know that's not true. Like I know a hundred percent in my core being, like I had nothing to do with destroying your marriage. Wow. If you listen to our podcast and your marriage ended, like there is not a direct line between those two things. And I'm not going to pretend that I think that there is one. And if it helps you to vent at someone and blame them, then that's fine. So like, those are the kinds of things where it's like, yeah, a lot of it's just like, it's not about you. 
And as you grow your audience, you're going to have like more people paying attention to what you're doing and just human nature. Some people will blame you for things. But I guess I want our audience to understand that when you're building a business, if you're doing it effectively, you're both solving a problem in a market and you're bringing your own unique vision and genius to that work. And you get to decide if the criticism is not about the pain that you're solving in the market, if it's extra to that, like if it's just sort of off to the side of that, like you don't have to listen to everything everyone says. It's not like your business will fail because you're not listening to your audience. If their criticism or their point of view is not about the core thing, the core problem you're trying to solve, it's just like an extra piece of information. It's like a neutral fact floating out on the side of what you're doing outside of the scope. And you don't have to internalize it. You don't have to make it mean that your business isn't doing its job or that your offering is not right for your people. Like it's really unrelated to that. Yeah. It's the entrepreneurial emotional maturity to yeah. observe and then decide how you're going to react to it. But yep. like I said, sometimes just initially you're just like, wah, anger. Oh, yeah, we're human. Right. And then it's like, wait, what is happening yep. here? And then we choose, right? And it doesn't have to ruin our day. Sure. Sure doesn't. And it certainly helps to have friends to talk to, to process your <laughs> initial emotions. <laughs> to hold your beer. To, yes, exactly. To hold your tissues or your beer, depending on how you tend to react to situations like this. <laughs> All yeah. right, Sandy, let's okay. go into the joy and hustle. Can I do the hustle first? Yep. They're okay, both yours. So, I'm just going to sit here and listen. All right. Well, I'm more excited about the hustle. The joy is really yeah, kind, of a, cool. kind of a poke at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So the hustle is called Listen Box. And I had like a brief moment in the last couple of weeks where I thought I came up with this idea and I thought I had like the next billion dollar idea. And then I found someone was already doing it. And, you know, there's always this moment of sadness when that happens for me when I'm like, oh, like deflated balloon because I really thought I thought of something clever. But it's fine. I don't have any more bandwidth to execute on another thing. So Listen Box is this amazing tool that lets you turn basically any YouTube channel, any public YouTube channel into a podcast feed. Oh my goodness gracious. This thing is incredible. For those of you who are also like YouTube fanatics, like I watch a lot of YouTube. I follow like certain channels pretty religiously. And I also spend a lot of my time all day in meetings on Zoom. And so like the idea of staring at my screen is troubling to me, <laughs> any extra time. So unless it's something that's like really visually important, like I watch a lot of travel YouTube channels where I want to see what's on the screen. But for other things where it's like business YouTube channels or true crime YouTube channels or something like that, where you can often just listen, this app is fantastic. So it just like basically turns it into a podcast and you can just listen on the go and it just functions as if the YouTube show is a podcast. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's just a little app you get on your phone. Yep. It's on your phone. And there is, I am on the free tier like I, so the first 50 episodes are included from a channel on the free tier. And then I think that there's a limit of, there's some other limits, like channels and playlists are not updated. So like you have to like refresh it, I think if you want new episodes, but then there's like a $4 and 20 cent a month planner, $4.99 if you pay monthly that updates like a podcast app. So I just, if you're also a YouTube fan, 
I just recommend it because it's a really smart service. I can't believe I never Googled it before to try to see if anyone was doing this. Because you know when you try to watch YouTube on your phone, if your screen goes off or like you have your phone, I'll go on a walk and I'll have like my phone in my pocket and like, you know, my rear end will turn the screen off and then the YouTube video just stops. So it's really great. I love it. Yeah, that's very cool. All right, let's go. Let's hear it. Enjoy. (laughs) All right. Well, because in a recent episode where I was talking about my love of Bargello, (laughs) which is not cross-stitch, you made fun of me, Sandy. And so then I was like, I don't cross-stitch. I do Bargello. I do lots of things. But Bargello is like my quick and easy favorite everyday crafting activity these days. And so then I thought about it. I was like, well, maybe I would like cross-stitching if I found the right kind of cross-stitching. Like, that's not a bad idea. So then... I started doing, I went over to Google and I did my little 1000 Google search about cross-stitching. And I found this company called junebugandarlin.com. I think they're out of the UK, if I'm not mistaken, but you can still get shipped to North America. And it's like modern cross-stitch and they have like feminist and smash the patriarchy cross-stitch patterns and kits and all kinds of stuff like that. So then I realized like when I've exhausted all of my Bargello kits, I have a new thing I can turn to. It's not 1820. You know what, Sandy? I think you need to hold your judgment, Miss Beekeeper, <laughs> about people's hobbies and interests. Because beekeeping is also a weirdo, very, very old-timey hobby. And it's very yeah, cool. I don't judge you for it. I think it's very cool. But also, maybe some of these like old-school crafty things are cool, too. Yeah, no judgment I here. Just, no judgment. Oh, I think of cross-stitch as like women trapped in homes, not allowed to do anything. Like there's a very negative connotation to that. Like you can garden and read a book and play piano forte or whatever it's called and cross-stitch. So I just think it feels like, ah, I don't visually like cross-stitch. I think it's not like I would. I don't visually like it either. That's the truth. I don't like it either. I do like Bargello. Like, I really do like the way it looks. And I know I'm weird, but I love it. And cross-stitch does. It's, like, not aesthetically pleasing for me either. So I have not ordered a kit because of that exact reason. And it's also the stitches are really, really small. And Bargello is not small. And so I get, like, the instant gratification of finishing a project. I'm not really into something that's going to take me a long time. But I just wanted to share it with our listeners. Because <laughs> cool I imagine that we have people that might like cross-stitching. And I did find these cool feminist cross-stitching kits. So, you know, you're going to be listening to this in the new year. It's January 2023 and the holidays have passed. But hey, people's birthdays are coming up. Valentine's <laughs> Day is coming up. Now you have a gift idea. You're welcome. Uh, oh, that's funny. That's great. That's a good find. Okay. Got all right. Thanks so much. Thank you. See you next time. (laughs) Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at heymarvelous.com.